Yes, welcome back to uh, Motormania. We've got lots coming up on the show today. Here's a little bit of what's coming up. Noel Ebden and I have been out in the Ineos Grenadier testing that in the Hatter Mountains, and uh, we'll give you the full review on that later. Noel's also been checking out a school where you can do wheelies on a motorcycle. Sounds like a whole lot of fun to me. Naz has been checking out a 12 million dirham supercar, as well as uh, new models from uh, Geely as well. Intershan has been also driving the new 2024 Jeep Wrangler, and we've got the guys from Kavak in the studio. They're going to tell us all about a new method of buying and selling cars and uh, we're going to uh, get that straight to you straight after this. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reid. Yes, Motormania with you through until noon and we got the full gang in the studio this morning. Imda Shanjata has just joined us now and uh, Noel Ebden as well. Naz is sticking around. It's been a busy week. Imda Shan, you, you've, uh, you've still got some sand on your shoulders from uh, where you were Brushing yesterday. it off, Damien, <laughs> brushing it off. I look like a salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> Out there with the, uh, the, the Jeep Wrangler yesterday. Twin Grey 4, brand new launch, all new. No, it's not, but it's a midlife Cycle update, is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, well, we had a lot of calls this morning about the Jeep Wrangler, Naz. Uh, so uh, that, that'll... Uh, yeah. Hopefully our listeners have hung around for the second hour because uh, they'll be interested to know what uh, what, what Intershan thought yeah, of this one. Yeah, I'd love to hear about the new engine as well. Yeah, it's all new. Uh, that, that's like actually the big thing that we've been talking about for a while is putting this 2-litre turbo into yeah, the Wrangler because the V6's been around for ages. Exactly. 14 yeah. years, 12 years? Yeah, the Pentastar 3.6 is getting a bit, uh, bit, bit tired. I owned one. Great oh, engine. No, yes. Great yes. engine. Yeah. But the cars have got a lot heavier. So it's interesting to see how this new engine performs and how the market takes to less cylinders. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But they did run a four cylinder back in the day, didn't they? The Wrangler. Long time ago. Long time yeah. ago. We're talking yeah. 2.5 in the TJ days. But yeah, it was not the best choice. Fuel crisis zero, I think, wasn't it? This is much, <laughs> much better. And they still oh, got the V8. I wonder if there's any of those still around. Maybe uh, those old four cylinder. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, there's some guy with a beard out there. Has got a four cylinder. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Noel, you and I had a bit of fun last week with the uh, the Ineos Grenadier. We did. <laughs> sand there sand again and rocks through the waddies, through yep. the rocks. Yeah, over the sand dunes, over everything. Yeah, could have gone over a building if we wanted to, but yeah, it was good fun. Um, <laughs> they're expensive, but they're but they're they're um, it, it 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 looked after us for a couple of days. Yeah, through through some pretty tough terrain. I think the thing that surprised me the most was how how comfy it was. Yeah, I mean, we we sat in that car for two days. I didn't, you know, I could have sat in it for another three days easily. I mean, you could drive all the way across Saudi in that car without even, you know, backache, nothing. It was uh, fantastic. I found it interesting with the um, uh, the fact that you've got the okay, you got the BMW turbocharged six cylinder engine, the eight speed ZF transmission, so all modern technology there. But then you got the uh, the manually operated low range high range like yeah, the old days exactly. of the gear you know and all the mechanical stuff comes in and somehow they made it work of mixing the the electronics with the mechanical side of things and big flicky switches we do flicky, like we, is that a technical <laughs> term a technical term yeah, yeah yeah look it's your helicopter pilot fantasy yeah it, basically yeah i mean the the panel above your head fantastic loved it I just pretend I was cold starting a 747. <laughs> <laughs> you make the engine noises. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. And we also spoke to a couple of guys there. Uh, we spoke to uh, Matej Matadek, who is the regional business manager for Ineos in the Middle East and North Africa. We also spoke to uh, Dominic Trevayan, who is the PR manager for Ineos in Europe, um, which was straight after we uh, we drove the car. So this is what they had to say when we uh, we sat down in the shade. 
The vehicle is very, very capable on different terrains. Obviously, we've done the woodies, we've now done the desert, uh, we've done the on-road driving as well, and you see it's the real deal. So you see it can go, it glides through the dunes, it glides through the woodies, and uh, yet yeah, you know, the vehicle's built for this part of the world, really. It is what it needs. Dinner last night was, was, was surprisingly cool for all of us, but today it's warm out there. What's your impressions like being uh, with the car over here in the, in the sun and in the desert? Well, it's been great the last two days. For me, for us, I'm the first time in the UAE. It's uh, it's great to see the car in action. Uh, it's great to see it in a different environment than in the European environment, I would say, where uh, challenges are a bit differently, but it's very nice to see the car in its natural environment, I would say. Yeah, now, this, this car is, uh, without question, the car that we get asked the most about when people are asking for valuations and when people phone into the studio and they're asking, should I get this or the big competitor? And uh, so we say, wait till we drive it. Well, we've driven it now. But, no, I mean, how would you put this down in terms of, compared to the other car. Obviously, we're talking about the Land Rover Defender being the other one, but there's also the Toyota Land Cruiser and the, the Nissan Patrol as well. It's a different car. Now that I've driven it, I wouldn't put it in that class. This is a very mechanical car, which is, I think, what they set out originally to do, which was to create something that you know could be used in all manner of uh, different guises and uses, usage, you know, etc. So it is literally a mechanical car. You don't hear switches going off and uh, electronics taking over and stuff like that. So it's going to be easy to fix, easy to maintain. Earlier, about a year, 18 months ago, I guess we, we drove one of the prototypes at uh, X Quarry. Really interesting to see that car then, and of course, you, you see how far it's progressed now. Just how much development time goes into building a car like this, and, and, and what sort of background has, has the, the development process had on this car? Yeah, a lot of obviously development testing. Uh, everybody uh, might not be familiar with the story, but we were a, a sketch on a, on a note in a, in a pub in, uh, in the UK uh, six or seven years ago and now we're out here with the media driving in a very very capable 4x4 uh, in the deserts which is a remarkable story in itself but yeah lots of engineering lots of testing going in 1.1 million miles of testing took place and uh, got us to where we are now so yeah it's a product that will keep evolving as well uh, as you look at it you know we've had a first full year of production now and uh, yeah there will be additions and tweaks down the uh, model years uh, as well but yeah it's just been a short process but that has given a great result so yeah i guess there's more pressure on you you're not toyota who have already made cars for years and years and years pressure can be a good thing well we were totally aware of the fact that we need to get this right from the very beginning because we're a non-established brand uh, just until now i would say there's three main success factors in that that helped us so far uh, one of it uh, because you have been referring to engineering it's magna that has set off over 200 employees that were working on the g-wagon before which have then been working on, on our car the second key success factors are our suppliers as bmw carraro brembo recaro basically utilize all of these features in the last uh, couple of days and the third one is Hambach we acquired the, the factory about two years ago there is pressure but pressure can be a good thing and uh, I think so far we handled it quite well and uh, your, your positive feedback is, is, is proof point for that yeah. Yeah, so obviously they're tapping into to, to known resources, Recaro for the interior, Brembo for the brakes, BMW for the mechanicals and it's built at at uh, Steyr in, in Austria, the, 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 the factory that produces the Mercedes G-Wagon and a number of other low-volume cars, the, the Lycans, for instance, the, the mm. W Motors, they're, they're built over there in Austria as well. However, um, the plans they've got coming up, large factory in Hamburg, Neil. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> Neil, it was Neil. No. What? I'll answer that instead, yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, – I mean, I think one of the things you and I said straight away afterwards was that 
we were surprised. They're a brand new car manufacturer. Yes, they've tapped into some of the best brands out there, but that car did not squeak or rattle once. Yeah. In the dunes, yeah. in the waddies, nothing. There was a, it's very well bolted together. Yeah. So from that point of view, also, that, that was quite a surprise to me. That was good. So where do they go after this? Well, this is what they had to say. Just to give you some numbers about what Hambach has been about, Mercedes at the time has invested half a billion euros into the factory, which we take advantage of directly. Ineos itself has invested another 100, 150 million to make it Grenadier capable. And then uh, we have put in more than 20,000 hours of training for the people. I mean, putting up assembly line is one thing, but you have to let the people know what they're supposed to do at what point. And uh, we have about 1,300 employees, well-trained, coming from Mercedes-Benz coming from Smart so I can't give you the details but I mean obviously we want to use this also for other projects at some point um, and I guess also with the, the build of this car it allows you to use other body styles we, we saw the pickup there that's going to be uh, that, that's on its way what sort of feedback you've been getting so far from your, your potential customers and uh, about what other things you can do with this current uh, chassis uh, yeah obviously well, we have a lot of enthusiastic uh, customers who love the boxy shape and it just allows them multiple opportunities to add to the vehicle and this is what it's here for you know it's built on purpose it's built uh, so you can make it your own so it's all going well selling well and as you mentioned yeah available our pickup uh, the quartermaster is also available for order and uh, yeah performing well not just in the uae but across the regions fantastic and finally now what was the thing what's the thing that's, that's that's been left in your in your mind after the last day and a half that's really stood out and you said? Yep, I already said. <laughs> it was yep. quiet, absolutely was quiet. quiet. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, now, of course, they, they did mention, obviously, being a, a body on frame. Mm. They, they, the, the, the number of bodies are, well, infinite, really. So mm. they showed the, what they call the Quartermaster, which is the pickup version which coming. Which was cool. We liked that. Um, and then they, um, the day after we drove that car, of course, they had the other big announcement at Ineos, the full electric vehicle, smaller mm. bodied version. Yep. That's going to come here eventually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what They're happens. On a roll, aren't they? Lots yeah. of lots of stuff coming out of there. But that factory, that former Mercedes factory mm. at uh, at Hamburg, uh, is massive, which indicates to me that they're either going to do projects for other people or they've got more models and other things coming down the line. I think they've got stuff in the pipeline. They're not talking yet, but uh, yeah, I, let, let's see. Let's see where this one runs to. Yeah. So Jim Ratcliffe is not a, is, is not a silly man. No. Nope. He's, he's been successful in other things, yep. and I think because don't forget they do have a relationship with Mercedes through the Formula One team as well. They're a one-third owner of that, that they might be doing other things for other car companies, put yeah, it that way. I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and hats off to the team as well, uh, Adam Motors, who put together an amazing event. Really, really good. Yeah, the guys from Adamas did a great thing, did, did a great job, mm. um, and uh, it was being distributed down there on Shakeside Road. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, get down there, have a look. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, Motormania with you through until noon, and it's been a very busy morning. We've just been talking about the Ineos Grenadier with Noel Lebden. But, Noel, you've also been very busy because uh, you went out and did some two-wheel action Um and mostly, well, actually, tell me, it's more like one wheel, actually. I was going to say, not two, one, please. <laughs> Let's get this right. Really schools. Tell me about that. Well, actually, if you add in the uh, the wheels that are on the thing, it's actually one, two, three, four, five, five, five wheels, actually. So I did wheelie school, right? So as you know, you, you, you've been around bikes, right? The two big things are get your knee down and be able to pull a wheelie, right? Pulling a wheelie is actually quite difficult. You've got to control the back brake, uh, throttle control, et cetera, et cetera. So... These guys have got a basically a contraption that straps to a KTM 390. Right, okay. A, not that 
I mean, it's a powerful enough bike, but not super powerful, yeah. right? You don't want to learn on a 1,000cc bike. That's not a good idea, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can't fall sideways, and you can only go so far backwards before the back of it touches on a pad. Yeah. And so you can't flip the bike, which is what most people do, right? right? Yeah. And the guy um, who runs it, who's called Andrea, who is the uh, stunt rider at Global Village. So if, if you've been there, you'll have seen him do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's also got, he was a bit, uh, he didn't actually fill, fill me in on this, but he's also got a Guinness World Record as well. Oh, okay. For wheeling, I believe. But uh, yeah, I shall find out more about that because I've, uh, <laughs> I've got future plans with Mr. Andrea. But uh, um, he also holds a uh, kill switch in his hand. So ah. if um, if you do go a bit crazy and go too so fast, you, he can kill the bike. So you can't fall off. Can't fall off. You can't fall sideways. Can't fall backwards. But you can learn to wheelie. So you go down to the global village, or you, you've, you've got to uh, no, 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 it's done out uh, rugby sevens. Oh, okay. So he's got a he's got an area cordoned off out there. So basically, you get on the bike, and he teaches you to pop the front wheel. Yeah. And then you learn the throttle control. Amazing. And then he adds in slowly back brake and uh, changing up through the gears session by session. Right. I can see this being a big hit. Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> I, do you know? I haven't had so I, I haven't had that much fun in ages. It was absolutely brilliant. The next day, my arm was aching like you wouldn't yeah. believe because you know you don't realise the effort that you're putting into it. But you you need I would say probably three or four sessions to really nail it. So yeah. um, and they do it in, and the max size of the groups is um, I think was it groups of four I believe or groups of six six people yeah. with two bikes. So. You get a bit of a rest in between as well. So, but um, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic, amazing stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they um, uh, they run right through the year as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's um, it's well, well worth doing. Um, if you want to look him up, by the way, Wheelie and Stunts underscore DXB okay. on Instagram. Check him out. Uh, Andrea is a lovely, lovely guy. Really, really nice. Puts you totally at ease as well. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Naz, you've been uh, now. We've been we've been. Teasing this 12 million dirham supercar. Yeah. Tell us all about it. So, Danish company. It's actually 16 years old. Remember we went to the uh, the launch of the last previous year? one? Yeah. That was Zenvo. And remember what they told us? Mr. Zenvo, actually, we got, we got the world scoop on Motor Correct. Mania. About yes, a, we did. was a quad turbo V12 supercar that was on the way. And that's exactly and this what is this it. is. So, it was originally revealed uh, at the Car Week. Um, last year in california and this is the first time it's been out after that so this is like it's it's the region's first and it's the world's second reveal of this car um and it's called the aurora so it's the zenvo aurora completely new car built from the ground up carbon carbon fiber monocoque chassis that weighs practically nothing um the local distributor the elite cars hats Mm. off to them they did an incredible job on the launch uh, in such a beautiful venue, it was at the Atlantis Royal at the uh, on the lawn there, and they actually brought both cars. So although they released one car, it's the it's the uh, Zenvo Aurora. It comes in two variants, um, the Agile and the Tour. So Danish words, of course, Agile is Agile, and Tour is the Touring. So the best way to describe this for 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 car fans is the Touring would be the more luxury. Turbo S, if you were to put a Porsche thing on it, yep. and the Agile would be the the real hardcore like GT3 RS or GT2 RS. Although you can't even compare because these are on a different level, because the stock ver- both versions come with a 6.6 liter quad turbo engine, pushing out 1,250 brake horsepower. <laughs> I mean, the statistics <laughs> are just absolutely phenomenal. This is a pure race car for the road. Yeah. Um, 
The Agile, as if that wasn't enough, uh, comes with three additional electric motors, taking it to 1,000... No, sorry, one additional electric motor, taking it to 1,450 brake horsepower, ridiculous amounts of aero. I think the stats are you can probably drive this thing upside down in a tunnel. <laughs> that kind of aero. <laughs> someone needs to do that. Yeah. yeah. At least <laughs> and, one day uh, someone will do it. The, the, the touring version, of course, is if it wasn't enough, actually has three electric motors, one at the back, two at the front, yeah. 200 brake... Uh, 200... Uh, bhp each taking it to 1850 brake horsepower now what's interesting about this is unlike the ineos which is uh you know they've got ricaro this and mm, bosch that yeah. this is completely hand built ground up uh and it's not a parts bin car everything was custom made the engine was built in development with Mali engineering okay. yep and uh everything has been built in-house by them customized and tailored um i had i had a quick sit inside the tour mm. and it's very nice like cnc machined steering wheel and everything like that like very very nice but of course comes with a price tag yeah limited production 100 odd cars a year 12 million plus plus dirhams check it out at the elite cars <laughs> let's all go. order now, one now <laughs> right so so from 12 million dirhams to the other car that you saw this week cheap and cheerful but a better 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 good thing yeah really really good actually really impressive so this is geely so geely is one of the probably arguably the largest or second largest chinese manufacturer out there and, and they're absolutely huge uh tied up with the local dealership here agmc and they've been here for a couple of years now i think since about 2019 uh the most recent launch which we went to a couple of days ago was the okavango which yep. is named after the okavango delta in africa and uh it's not an easy name it's not an easy name, but it's a catchy name. It's and catchy. Was a re- in fact, you know, we'll put a reel up because they had the whole African drum thing going on. Oh, it was wow. a really, really nice launch. Is it play Toto's Africa? I'm going to get into it. <laughs> now, what shocks me about this car is the value, right? So you're getting a, you're getting a full-on seven-seater. So I'll ask you what you think this is worth. It's a full-on seven-seater, two-liter turbo engine. It's got a thousand liter boot space in the back. If you fold down the back seats, it's actually two thousand liter capacity, so you can mm. actually fit. A two a two point two meter mattress in the back, just to show you the size of this thing, wow, right? Twelve point three inch touchscreen inside, two liter turbo, two hundred and twenty brake horsepower, very very sensible car. Put into perspective, the closest comparable that I thought of was the Volkswagen Terramount, which is north of one hundred eighty thousand dirhams, yeah. and you're practicing it. The same thing, same engine, larger capacity. What would you say? Well, this is a trick question because it's because it's a tra- Chinese car, right? So, and they're, and they're very good on price. I mean, yeah, you'd say one eighty to two hundred, right? That would be your your, your ballpark. Yeah, ninety nine thousand dirham starting price. What with your warranties and your service contracts and all that? Now that actually comes in under I'm off the top of my head MG's comparable car, which is the uh, also the car that looks very similar to a Touareg at about uh, about a hundred thousand, I think. Just yeah, and, and, just and this over. actually mm. looks good as well. It's got the daylight running lights. It's yeah. got a nice red strip along the back. Really nice plush leather inside. Like, I think this will sell simply based on sheer value for money. You want a seven-seater. You want something reliable. Geely is a reliable brand. This mm. thing will go on forever. You're backed yeah. by AGMC here locally. Uh, I predict this will do really, really well here. We, we, Amazing. We, we said on the show, I think, last time, that yeah. cars were going up in price. But actually, they seem to be going... Well, so <laughs> the Chinese yeah. are doing the opposite. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Well, um, 
Yeah, there you go. From twelve, from from ninety nine thousand dirhams to twelve million dirhams. Thanks, Naz. That's been uh, it's been, a, been a productive week. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. You'll you'll be back uh, on the next Motormania. Um, you've got to duck off and do other things at the moment, uh, but do stick around because we do have more coming up after this. Imtah Shanjado is going to tell us all about the new Jeep Wrangler. He's been out playing in the desert with that in the last couple of days, and we're also going to have uh, Nicholas Ariza Bagud, who is the general manager of Cabac in the studio, talk about uh, new ways of buying and selling cars. More of that coming up straight after this. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. We've got Noel Ebden in the studio and Imtashan Giado, who's also in the studio this morning. And uh, Imtashan, you've been out there driving the new Jeep Wrangler that I know has got a lot of people interested based on, uh, well, the feedback we always get about Jeep on this show. It's such a storied brand, isn't it? But then you look at this car and they have basically done a big update for 2024. So they kind of, kind of a relaunch of Jeep. So the same engine stay, you have the 285 horsepower 3.6 V6, which is now only available in the Rubicon and the 6.4 V8, 470 horsepower. So what's powering the rest of the range? Well, they've got a two litre turbo, 270 horsepower. And that's the big story. Plus a few nice interior updates, power seats, find you on a Wrangler. And a big 12.3-inch screen. So I was at their launch event, which is taking place this weekend in the desert at Bidayar, at the Bidayar camp. There I'm talking to Kareem, who is the product brand manager at Stellantis for Jeep, who obviously uh, is dealing with trading enterprises in the UAE, which imports Jeep vehicles into the UAE. And he says the Wrangler is pretty similar to the similar model, the previous model. But Jeep fans are going to love what's coming up. On the Sport S, for example, you've got the uh, LED headlights that uh, customers have, have uh, requested for for a long time. We've also got the 12.3-inch screen on, on all of the trims, wireless Android Auto, wireless uh, Apple CarPlay. Uh, there's also been a number of additions, uh, safety safety additions, side curtain airbags, for example, forward collision warning, adaptive cruise control. So all of these features have been added as standard on all of the Wranglers. That's incredible, considering... Well, how simple the Wrangler slicks and looks on the outside, but it's full of electronic gadgets and gizmos now. So I've also heard that the drivetrain is completely different. The Wrangler no longer has a V6 engine, but customers shouldn't be worried, right? Yeah, that's right. So with the 24 model year, we've also introduced the uh, two-litre turbocharged engine. So that's on the um, Sport trim and also on the Sahara. Uh, this engine has actually been sold in the region. Um, in Saudi Arabia since November 2020. It's an engine that's been in the region for a long time. Specifically for 24 model year, we're opening it up to uh, the rest of the region and bringing it in as standard um, on on the Sahara uh, and the Sport. Um, It's got more torque uh, than the the V6, which means that it can go 0 to 60, 0.4 seconds quicker uh, than the 3.6 litre. And also, it's more fuel efficient. It's That's the buzzword on everybody's lips, isn't it? Is that keeping the same capability but reducing fuel economy overall? But the V6 is still sticking around, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So the V6 is sticking around with the Rubicon. Um, so customers will be able to purchase either the two-door Rubicon or the four-door Rubicon uh, with the 3.6-liter V6. And what about the mighty 392? Tell us that's not going away. No, no. So 392 will still still stay as the uh, halo of the Wrangler lineup. Uh, it will retain uh, the 6.4 litre uh, V8, uh, the 470 horsepower, 470 pound-feet of torque, uh, absolute, you know, monster. But that is staying for 24, 24 model year. What about the other cool goodies that we see in the US, things like the 4xe, the hybrid Wrangler? Do you think there's a chance we might see it in this market in the future? We are exploring uh, the possibilities of it, if it makes sense. Uh, then we would be, you know, exploring the possibility of bringing it. 
here's to hoping because that is indeed a cool product and just finally to wrap up so customers have been in this market modifying wranglers for decades what are the biggest things that customers have been asking you for and how are you going to give it to them in terms of customization one of the biggest uh, requests or two two of the biggest requests have been larger tires so for 24 model year on the uh, four-door rubicon and also on the 392 uh, they're coming as standard with 35 inch tires um, so that's something that customers have requested we've listened to them uh, and now we've been able to implement it also on the rubicon uh, from the factory you can get the winch so the worn winch which is one of the uh, top manufacturers of so of that's road legal to have a winch in the front of your car it's rta approved no issues with registration because that's always been the question for these customers or can i have this legally on the front of my car and now it can be a dealer fitted accessory absolutely it's fully integrated into the front steel bumper that would come with the uh, rubicon it's fully homologated for the region so there'll be no issues there okay so quite a lot of updates eh? pricing mm. has changed quite a bit we're looking at the two-door Wrangler Sport, which is now 190,000. It's only a little bit more, but still, it just reminds you how expensive these things have gotten. Under 193,000 for the two-door. The four-door starts at under 208. The Rubicon is close to 280, which is a lot. And the 4.6.4 V8 is 420,000 there. Wow. Oh, that's, that's, that's a big chunk of change. But it does sound good, though. It it still sounds great. It's got that noisy exhaust <laughs> option, which I really love. Anybody want to hear some thoughts on the new Wranglers, which I was driving in a motorcycle track, or a motocross track, to be exact. Tell so, me. Oh, go on. Um, the V6 is pretty much the same. So all of them are getting 35s now, which means they have a lot more capability. Mm. Um, the 2.0 Turbo is the real story. And the seats. Do you know what the best thing about this car? The new electric seats, because suddenly Wranglers are comfortable. Oh, okay. Because they've never been comfortable for long drives, but now having been able to adjust it a million ways, total change. Um, the screen's nice, but to be honest, as we saw from all these Chinese cars we've been seeing lately, big screens are not a novelty anymore. It's an expectation from mm, the client. So yeah. I don't think that's a big deal in itself. 2.0 Turbo, what I'll say is um, people shouldn't be worried. It pretty much drives like the V6, but with more torque. There's no downside. It feels pretty much the same. So, did, did you drive it on-road? No, hmm. we drove it off-road, which actually is kind of a harsher test on these cars, but actually they were fine. I do think the V8, I know a lot of people, it's slightly her heretical to say this, it's a lovely noise and it's an iconic experience, but it's not really a Bronco Raptor. It needs hmm. a lot more shock to do that sort of thing. So I think that's one of the downsides. You're paying a lot of money, but I would expect a slightly stronger shock package because that car can get really fast, really quick, and you want to land it with the right level of control, which is what a shock package gives you. So yeah. that's the things I would say, expect that people will be upgrading this straight away. Otherwise, pretty much the same Wrangler. And I think it needed these updates because Bronco is really catching up. Well, the thing is too, is that is you've got the, as you just alluded to right at the end there, you, you've got the takeaway now having these options fitted by the dealer so there's no RTA problems. In terms of fitting a Zay, like you know, a, a worn winch on the front of the car, which... I guess, has brought problems before when you've tried to get the car registered. It's a bit of a much of a muchness, right? So, yeah, obviously now you get the cars road legal from the dealer, no problem. Mm. And if you go to the RTA and if you fit the right rubber bumpers in the front, you can have steel bumpers, no issue. Thing is, though, Wranglers 10 years ago were kind of every person cars. They were mm. cheap enough that everybody would buy them and modify them and make their own canvas. As they've gotten more expensive, it's slowly returning to the dealers who obviously are the right people to look after the cars. But I miss that sort of crazy customized Wranglers we used to see. Because right now, they're so expensive, I'm not sure I would fiddle with them. It's a 280,000 there on Rubicon. Yeah, no. I mean, two-door, starting at 193,000 for a Wrangler. 
I can remember when Wranglers were your first car. No, exactly. This right? was your first car yeah. in Dubai, right? I mean, everybody bought one because, okay, it was, wasn't your basic average sort of Japanese saloon, simple, mm. straightforward, never breaks down. Jeep maybe have an issue or two, but it's so much character. But character now costs you 190,000 dirhams. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Just flipping back to what Naz was talking about, if you wanted a Zenvo Aurora, and oh, you want, we all do. Right, clearly. which we all do. <laughs> you could buy 191 Geely Okavangos. For the same price. Wow, you, that calculator has been burning, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it. Sorry, couldn't resist that one. Well, yeah. How many Jeep Wrangler two doors could you buy? Oh well, double the price, so half that. So another yeah. interesting fact, yeah. you know, they had this like a uh, magic sky roof. I think they call it the power one touch roof, which is basically a one touch f- top that comes back. Mm. It doesn't come off because it can't come off, but mm. basically it's like a sunshine roof, like a panel roof for Wranglers. Mm. I thought it's a really cool option. Guess what? Not selling it in this region because nobody bought it. I'm oh. really curious if people. Why they didn't buy? Because that's a cool option. Well, I don't want to take con- the roof off Wrangler. Well, it's pain. Convertibles don't sell here, right? Yeah. Convertible, it's a bit warm. Convertible sales compared to like Europe are very yeah. low here because it's too well, hot. We've got the perfect man in the studio right now to, dis- yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to exactly. continue this. So amazing <laughs> stuff, uh, Imran Shan. Thanks. Thanks very much. Um, uh, but yes, let's let's perfect little segue there, Noel. Thank you. Because people do love buying and selling their cars in Dubai. That's why Fix It or Flip It is so popular in the first hour of the show. Um, but right now we're finding out, well, who's buying what and what's on offer right now? So uh, we're going to ask the man who's in the studio right now, and of course it is uh, uh, Nicholas Arizia Bagu, the General Manager of Kavak GCC. Welcome, Thank uh, Nicholas. You Thanks for, for joining us. Um, Thanks for, I mean, Kavak is a, is, is a new experience in the region. Uh, how does it differ? How, how is it, uh, what, what, what's your USB? Yes. So let me go back a little bit. Uh, seven years in time. So we are a Mexican company, original. Uh, we started in Mexico essentially buying and selling cars, you know, uh, at, at a scale that was very low. And now we are, you know, one of the largest companies in Latin America buying and selling cars. We arrived to this market two years ago and one of the things that we loved about this market is you have plenty of, you know, dealers, freelancers, you know, big distributors mm. working in this market. But the reality is that informality is still huge in the market. You still have 80%, 90% of transactions on used cars that are among peers to peers. And mm. that leads to a significant level of, you know, scams, uh, issues that people are just, you know, not, uh, they don't have the trust transparency on this market to actually buy a used car. So a lot of people are still buying new cars because they're going for, you know, the warranties, the mileage, uh, you know, warranties, and especially they're looking for that trust and transparency that they rarely get on the used car market. So that's what we loved about the opportunity. It's one of the things I get asked the most by Mm. friends and things is trust. You know, how how do I actually go about buying a car without getting, you know, scammed or, you know, because that that is the thing, isn't it? I mean, one thing that Dubai is not short of is places to buy and sell cars. Loads of dealerships and others also who are prepared to buy your car off you at a a cut price. Um, The physical locations, but also the online locations as well. So, uh, what 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 is your reasoning for adding another one into the marketplace to to put it bluntly? <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, and you're right. And it's I think it's a it's a great question because how we're thinking of this it's a little bit differently, right? You will have your classifieds. You will have you know these auctions online that basically are going into a little bit, let's say, more of a brokerage type of model. Mm. We're going all in, let's say, in the full value of the experience. What this means is we have our own reconditioning facilities. We have our own inventory, we buy the cars ourselves, 
we recondition them fully ourselves and we sell the cars. And we're not necessarily interested in the first part of the transaction, which is just selling the car. We're interested in the full lifetime value of that. So that means that we can offer the services, we can offer the warranty, we can offer the insurance, we will help out during the financing process of the car. And for a lot of customers that are coming to this market to our, that are looking, let's say, for the right convenience, there's not that many op- op- options that will offer that. So we will have a lot of players in the market, but for those that are looking for, let's say, the right price of, let's say, a used car, but with the convenience and transparency of a new car, then you don't have that many players. And that's where we think that the opportunity is, and the numbers are backing us up, right? Like we arrived two years ago, we were selling 20, 25 cars per month. Now we're uh, upwards of almost 300 cars per month. We expect by the end of the year to be around 500 cars per month. And this essentially gives us you know, that road of growth because the market is growing and the mm. informality that we have in front of us is just insane. So, so to go off what we're, what we're alluding to right off the start where Noel's saying about convertibles and everything else in the, in, in the market, what sort of retail trends are you seeing right now uh, in the UAE, in the, GC, in the wider GCC? What, what sort of retail tr- trends are you seeing? Definitely. So look, let's say we trade essentially, let's say any type of car, we're fully multi-brand, right? So you will find cars somewhere around 25,000 dirhams upwards to 350,000 dirhams in our platform. Where we see that we are a little bit different than, let's say, the average of the market that you will see on the biggest classified site is our share of inventory is almost 60% on SUVs. So SUVs okay. are very, very important for us in the platform. Um, where we see a lot of the opportunities is on the Chinese cars. Uh, Chinese cars, you guys were talking about it just mm. before, but you know, a year ago, this was less than 2% of our inventory. Today is almost 20% of our inventory. Wow. So all of these okay. cars that have arrived on the new segments in the past two, three years, they're starting to come in full force in this, let's say, second-hand car market. And we're seeing a lot of opportunities there because mm. For mm. a customer that wants to buy, let's say, an Audi, let's say, a, let's say, let's put it a European car, uh, 2018, 2020, 2019 car, you will get a very, very good value for money for a 2023, 2024 car on the Chinese cars. And we're seeing a huge trend over there. Yeah. Joined in the studio, of course, with the guys from Kavak, Nicholas Ariza Bagu, the general manager of Kavak in the GCC region. And we're just talking before about uh, well, what you go through the processes and everything else to, uh, to, to, to buy and sell cars here. Now, for someone who is, uh, who is, who is a beginner in the market, Nicholas, how do, they, how do they navigate the used car market in, in a very competitive region that we live in? Oh, definitely. So, you know, when you arrive through this market, one of the things that you know, I lived myself through that experience two years ago when, when, when I arrived the first time over here, right? So let's say buying a car, especially if you're going to buy a used car, it can be a daunting experience from, let's say, the mechanicals of it to the actual legal paperwork of it. It's, it's not an easy task. So there's a couple of advice that we give, you know, our customers in general or the people that are going to be listening is the first thing that you want to go to see, let's say, in a used car is, you know, go with a trusted mechanic especially in this market, you will have, you know, between GCC and non-GCC specs, and depending on the origin of the car, you will have a lot of informality there and potential scams, and a lot of people trying to, you know, pass total loss cars as, you know, flip it, right? Mm. And and, and that's one really good, let's say, big thing that 
you know, if you're buying a car, you want to know what was the history of that car. And also, so too, private imports is a big thing in this region, things that are not supported by the dealer, the official dealer network or definitely. certain EV models have come through that you just, you're stuck with it, really, aren't you? For sure. For sure. And so you, you want to check, let's say, the mechanics of it. You also want to check the legal part of it. So you want to ask, you know, what's the service history? Has this car ever had any, let's say, insurance claim? Uh, has this car ever had, let's say, any legal, uh, let's say, background behind it, as you were saying. And, you know, all of these comes with a lot of time that you need to invest in this. And I would advise, for example, here, if you're going to go into the used car, because you don't want to pay, let's say, 20, 30% on top of the car, you know, to lose it just because you're driving it off the lot, what you want to do is go for a certified pre-owned, mm-hmm. right? So this is a segment of the used cars that are, and generally, they come with some type of warranty. They come with, you know, something on top of it, like an inspection report. You get mechanical guarantees on top of it. And you have very well-established players in the market uh, that are offering these type of services and that will give you that peace of mind. Now, ideally, you go with somebody that gives you more than three months, six months, ideally, year warranty on the car. Mm. So, so if someone is, I mean, we're all, car match so we've got specific cars that we'd like I want to buy that particular model car whatever else but if you're someone here who's okay right I've settled into the into the new country or I've, I've changed jobs and the company car has gone back to the boss I need a car tomorrow to take the kids to school or have a bit of weekend fun with um, what what are you seeing I mean you just said there you just you just alluded to the fact that certified is is a way to go uh, what are the trends you're seeing that would be uh, the, the best the best option the best value to put someone into uh, into a city car what, what are the what are the movers so I, I would say I would split that into two, right? Like, do you have an emotional, let's say, uh, mindset in the transaction? So that means like, are you willing to overpay a little bit more because you want the driving experience because you want, let's say, a specific brand or you're going to go more on the, let's say, uh, value of the transaction or the financial side of it. So you wanna make sure that you have a good car, reliable with great value retention. So depending on that initial mindset, I would recommend two types of cars. Like mm. the first type of car that I would recommend if you're going for reliability, if you're going for you know good price, are the Japanese cars, specific cars that we are moving a lot in this market are the patrols. You know, this is a, a car that has been- <laughs> It's always you know, the uh, patrol, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. the patrol, but also you, know, the, you, you have your land cruisers, you have your patrols, like these type of car that can be great in comfort to drive, but also for off-roading for certain people that really want to do both. So these are cars that are, that are great on that side. We have great, great movers for our side, which are, let's say, certain VWs or Audi uh, on the SUVs. I drive myself personally a Q5. These are cars that, you know, they're reliable, they're yeah, fuel efficient, they're dependable cars. And, you know, you can have, let's say, the lower, a little bit more premium experience on the Audi, but you can also get the VWs. And lately, as I was saying just before, we have these, you know, Chinese brands like the MGs, the GACs, like all these cars that entered in the last two years in the market that are coming with great price points. And I would say even the new ones, like, you know, I don't know if you've, you've seen the Exceeds, for example. Yep. Mm. These yep. are That's cars that are, yep. you know, we're, we're, we're having a couple of them in, in the inventory. And I was really, really impressed with the quality and comfort that you get for the price points that you're you're getting mm. so you know yeah. you will have let's, let's say the the japanese one like the patrol land cruisers pajero these are cars that we're moving a lot but we're also seeing a good trend on you know 
more European brands and especially, I would say, the Chinese brands moving also very well. Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, Nicholas Ariza, thank you so much, General Manager of Quebec JCC, for joining us in the studio this morning. Um, fantastic stuff uh, that you guys are doing, and I'm sure you're going to shake up the market a little bit. Um, Noel Ebden, Nintendo Jada, thanks uh, for, for joining us again. And no we'll be problem. back in uh, two weeks' time. And uh, if you do have a bit of time out there today, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to a couple of friends. One, Spectrum is on at the Autodrome under the grandstands until 7 p.m. today. A lot of artworks, mostly 80s models. Uh, so about 80 classic Porsches on display out there. Artists, photography, coffees, DJs, the whole lot. Um, put on by photographers uh, Sid Panday and Sammy Sasso, doing a great job. So if you've got something to do this afternoon, or nothing to do this afternoon, head out to Spectrum at the Autodrome. You might even see me out there. Well, and, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be there. Yes. So, yeah. I'm going there after this, really. So. Well, there you oh, go. We're, we're all going We'll, there, we'll yeah. continue to right. show out there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, well, we'll just see you for, uh, for more Motor Mania next weekend.